Okay, this is a strange one. As I'm sure you've seen, this is an episode about the England versus New Zealand game that was due to take place on the 12th of November 2020. However, on the 14th of October, New Zealand announced that they couldn't fulfil the fixture due to travel and player availability complications caused by COVID-19. Now, they'd previously pulled out a planned fixture they had against Belgium due to be played on the 9th of October. It's a shame, and despite my initial reservations about the fixture, as you'll hear in the episode, I began to learn more about it, and I thought it had the potential to be an interesting game for both sides. So I've decided to continue with releasing it after the research I'd done and the people I'd spoken with. Obviously, some of it will still be relevant, and some, now not so. Anyway, thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy it. This is Gareth Southgate, and this is the Three Lions Podcast. Welcome to the Three Lions Podcast. My name is Russell Osborne and this, as you well know, is an independent England football supporters podcast. Now, who knew that back when the FA announced England would be playing New Zealand at Wembley on Thursday the 12th of November, that this would materialise into an episode in itself? If I'm honest, as I think I've previously mentioned, I'm not quite sure of the reasons behind the fixture and I think that the Kiwis will value it more than we do. But the more research I'd done about this fixture, the more I thought, I can't waste all this knowledge. So I'm going to pass it on to you for the next 30, 35 minutes with stats and memories from that time in 1991. It was a year after Italia 90, of course. Bobby Robson was now in charge at Dutch side PSV Eindhoven. And Graham Taylor was at the helm now after being appointed after England returned from Italy. With qualification for Euro 92 a priority, victories over Poland and Turkey and two draws against the Republic of Ireland in the bag, an end-of-season trip to the other side of the world had been scheduled. England would play two games against New Zealand as part of their centenary anniversary, and these were sandwiched between games against Australia and Malaysia for which probably the whole tour is probably remembered the most, where Gary Lineker scored all four in a 4-2 win against Malaysia. Now, this would be the first time the senior team had set foot in New Zealand, a country over 11,000 miles away from home. Taylor selected a squad for that tour that comprised of the following players. Two goalkeepers, Chris Woods of Glasgow Rangers and Tony Coton of Manchester City, who appears to be the only player on the tour who didn't get any game time. Paul Parker of QPR, Gary Charles and Stuart Pearce of Nottingham Forest, David Batty of Leeds, Des Walker of Forest, Mark Wright, Derby, Earl Barrett, Oldham Athletic, David Platt, Aston Villa, Jeff Thomas, Crystal Palace, Dennis Wise of Chelsea, Nigel Clough, another one from Nottingham Forest, Gary Lineker from Tottenham was the captain, Mark Walters from Glasgow Rangers, Brian Dean, Sheffield United, John Salarco of Crystal Palace, Ian Wright of Crystal Palace, 
and David Hurst of Sheffield Wednesday. In fact, Dave Petraska wrote in the official programme that this England squad looks awesome. So it meant that only six players from the Italian 90 squad would go on this tour. Chris Woods, Stuart Pearce, Des Walker, Mark Wright, David Platt and Gary Lineker. The first game of the tour saw them beat Australia in Sydney on the 1st of June by a goal to nil. First half own goal too. They then moved on to New Zealand, a country like Australia, more known for its rugby and cricket. In fact, New Zealand football only turned professional in 1999. Back in 1991, the players were at their day jobs the week before playing England and then went back the week after. Currently, football-wise, New Zealand has a national league, as they did back then, and it was only the 2005-06 season when the Australian A-League formed that the New Zealand Knights joined, although they disbanded in 2007 to be replaced by the Wellington Phoenix, who have finished no higher than third in their 13 years in the league. Now on the international stage, New Zealand though have qualified for two World Cups. In Spain, 82, where they were drawn against Brazil, Scotland and USSR, unsurprisingly, where they lost all three games. And they returned in 2010 in South Africa, where instead of losing all their games, they drew them all. 1-1 against Slovakia and Italy, and 0-0 against Paraguay. But it wasn't enough for them to progress. Anyway, back to 1991. As I mentioned, it was part of New Zealand's FA Centenary celebrations, and two matches were scheduled. The first one was England's 674th international match, played on Monday the 3rd of June. This at Mount Smart Stadium in Auckland, which appears to still be there to this day, although has clearly gone under a bit of reconstruction. In a fairly mediocre game, it was only settled in the last minute as captain Gary Lineker poked past the keeper for his 41st international goal. And I've been fortunate enough to find an England fan who was at that very game. I'd like to welcome to the Three Lions podcast, Barnsley, an England fan, David Ward. Hi, David. Hello there. Are you well? Yeah, very well, thanks. Yeah. Good yeah. stuff. Apart, apart from the obvious of the current year and... You've been an England fan for quite some time, am I right in saying? I have. I can remember my first England game was an evening match at the Old Wembley against Albania. If I remember right, I think it's the one where Gaza came on and scored. Um, it was a qualifier, a bloody miserable night in November or October. That would have been like late 80s. Okay, so just just sort of prior to the uh, the game and the event that we're uh, that we're going to talk about now because obviously England have got this friendly against New Zealand coming up which to be honest when I heard about it I thought that's a it's a bit of a strange one bit of a random one um, and then when I looked back into it I thought Do you know what we haven't played these too often before um, twice it appears and you actually went to one of them didn't you uh, I did, yeah. I was. It was in. Well, I, I moved out to to New Zealand in 1990, end of 1990. Uh, me and my missus went out there, living in Auckland, and uh, 
Yeah, we, I, I remember 91 was, it was like a, a centenary year or a bicentenary year or something. There were all sorts of events for New Zealand happening at the time. And um, and the England cricket team had been out in, I went to, to see them at Eden Park in Auckland um, in the sort of January or, or, or February of 91. And then uh, then it came up that the, the, the England were coming out, that the football team was coming out. So oh. yeah, it's uh, a lot of excitement. And what, what did your wife say to that? Or was she a follower as well? <laughs> to be fair, she, she wasn't really, not really a follower, but she did come along to, to the cricket and the, the football with me. Yeah. Um, it was at, uh, the game I went to was the first game against uh, New Zealand. at uh, it, was, it was like an old athletics um, track or stadium called Mount Smart, which was not far away from where, where we were living at the time. And it's because I was I was hoping it was going to be at Eden Park, which is the big you know cricket and rugby venue, but it yeah. but it wasn't. And yeah, it was a, it was kind of a, a bit strange seeing a you know this this team that had been in the World Cup semi-finals a year a year before playing at some old athletics track. It was a bit a bit bizarre. Yeah, so I mean, we, did you go out to the World Cup? No, I didn't. No, no, no. no. So you went went no. to uh, to Auckland. They're, they're not exactly known, or especially back then, for being a football. I don't want to say football friendly, but a football mad country. Um, are they? They're more rugby cricket. Um, so, what what was sort of the expectation like? Do you remember? They are, but but they've got a good sort of non league, um, you know, a bit more than a Sunday league um, mm. set up out there. Of uh, I used to play for a company for a for a club called Howick, in, uh, and we uh, we used to play, you know, most weekends, and it was quite, you know. Um, a good community really it's sort of a bit like you'd, you'd have a beer afterwards and a bite to eat with the opposition and, and you know that, that kind of thing so yeah it was uh there was, was a lot of excitement amongst a lot of expats obviously living out there but a lot of, a lot of kiwis as well yeah. um and uh yeah everyone was was really up for the uh for the england game yeah so i was looking down the the team sheet for it uh, and this particular game there was three players who got their first cap here, I'm going to test you, unless you've already looked at this. <laughs> Do you remember those three players? Uh, kind of, yeah. Um, and in fact, before I say who they are, mm. what I had in my mind that David Hurst and Shearer were, were both in the squad, but I'm not sure if Shearer was in the squad. But I remember it was at the time when they were both sort of vying to be the next big centre-forward sort of thing. And, and I don't remember Hurst playing in the Auckland game, but I, think, but I remember him scoring, so he must have scored in the other game. That's right. I think Linux scored in, in, in the game that, that, that we were at. Um, I, th- I think uh, Brian Dean was, a, was around at that time. Was he one of the... Uh, Brian Dean, yeah, he got he was his first cap. Yeah. Um, I remember there was like Jeff Thomas, uh, crikey. Because uh, I'd, I'd gone expecting to see, you know, all these, these great World Cup semi-finalists. And there was like no Gaza... There was, there was Lineker there, and that was kind of about it, you know. Yeah. Well, um, I guess I guess Gaza was. He uh, was injured. Just got injured in yeah. the cup final, literally like the month before. Because uh, I remember watching the cup final at sort of midnight over there. Yeah, I think. Let me. I know Dennis Wise was playing. Um, was, was was Earl Barrett around? At that it was point? Earl Barrett's first cap. Was this game? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and one more. Jeff Thomas. Uh, Jeff Thomas played. But there was one other debutant. It was, in oh, fact, his it. only cap that he ever received. Correct. Go on, go on. Mark no, Walters. Walters. Right? I thought you. Were, I thought you were going to say Salako because I'm, I'm sure he was sort of around that, that time as well. He was. Uh, he was a sub that day. 
Yeah, and he actually played in the second game that was played in Wellington. Right. Um, but by all accounts, this, this game that you went to wasn't the most exciting, was it? <laughs> it wasn't. It was a drab nil-nil. The, the, the one good thing that watching sports in New Zealand have is the stadiums, even, I don't think Eden Park has now, but certainly this, this athletic stadiums has big grassy banks, and you've seen these at cricket in Australia yeah. and stuff like that. And that's quite a big thing. Everyone goes and you know takes a picnic basket and loads up with tins of beer and stuff like that. So we were kind of behind one of the goals on this grassy bank on a picnic blanket, drinking... <laughs> Drinking marker most of the game, basically in the sunshine. Nice. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, it was it was a brilliant way of watching. But yeah, they, and look, this has been like England. We, how many times have we said this over the years? This, the game spoils a good a good weekend or a good trip. Kind yes. of thing. Yeah, I mean, you said there was it was it a drab nil nil? You said. It, well, no, I remember we scored literally right at the death. I was going to um, say you must you must have had too much drink on that bank if you'd forgotten. <laughs> I think you. We, if I remember, we we hit the bar as well right. um, just before the end, and, and I can't remember who hit the bar. I remember. And Solaka was in there. Oh, they hit the bar. <laughs> we're thinking we're really going to draw nil nil, and, and of course I was going to get a load of grief at work the following day on the Kiwis. And I think was it Lineker that scored? I think yeah. Lineker got the, the winner, didn't he? Yeah. Gary Lineker got the goal in the Saved last the minute. Yes. Yeah. Plenty of players forward here. There's the cross, and it's in. Lineker, Gary Lineker has scored for England in what I make the 48th minute of the second half. Well, would you believe it? It all seemed lost, and England suddenly broke clear on the right-hand side, and the captain scores his 41st international goal. So it's New Zealand nil, England one in Auckland. What was... A fairly shabby England performance in parts, ending on a high note when Gary Lineker scored in the third minute of stoppage time. So, you, yeah, you were Auckland-based then for that. And, and there was the second game that, that was very strange. You wouldn't, you, we wouldn't have this in this day and age now, would we? Playing two games consecutively in the space of, what, And I was looking at always the getting down to, to Wellington. It, looks, it only looks like that far on the map, doesn't it? Mm. But it is it's like a full 24-hour drive or something. Yeah, having done that myself, yes. Yeah, didn't have the funds either, and it, but it was like, I remember kind of at the time with my missus saying, on, I, bet, I bet we could get down there. <laughs> but, uh, so no, I missed that one. But I remember, as I say, I think, was, was ours the game we were playing in the, 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 like, the red away strip? I remember they, they swapped the kits or, or, or it was the other way around. Ours was in, ours was in white and, and, and they, they, say they, they played in two different kits for each of the games. You are like, oh, right. You're right. The it was the the red um, the red away kit that they played in. Yes, you're right. Yeah, and, and I, cause I remember I used to love the Italian ninety kit, and I think they still had the Italian ninety kit at the time. Mm. Yeah, that's right. No, you're right because I think they then they then kept it up to the to Euro ninety two, didn't they? Yeah, like I, yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. Gary Lineker coming off and throwing his uh, captain's armband down and still wearing that uh still wearing the 90 shirt i think yeah i mean two two pretty drab results against new zealand wasn't it uh yeah yeah they, they were kind of friendly. i think they were played in the pre in the mid pre-season weren't they was it like july or uh, no, it was, it was early june so it would have been shortly after the uh, after the season finished back here yeah 
So all the players presumably just just wanted to get on the Olympics, I imagine. Well, they've been to Australia before, um, played a game in Australia, played the two games in New Zealand, and then went via Malaysia on the way home, which is where Gary Lineker scored all four goals. Ah, OK, that. right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, do you remember what, what the reaction was like in New Zealand after the game? Were they happy to... Uh, to have had England there. Yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot of stick. As I say, the expats sort of stuck together, and the Kiwis were giving us a lot of stick. You know, the, the, the sport mad. The Kiwis mm. are obviously, uh, and uh, you know, they, they, they'd want to, they'd want to destroy you at a game of tidd- tiddlywinks kind of thing. And so, even though it was a one nil, one nil, it was the other one two nil. Yes, two, three, yeah. I think. Yeah, so, yeah. They, they they weren't letting us off the hook. They, you know, you, know, you should be beating us like eight and nine nil and stuff like that. And uh, to be fair, if I remember rightly, I think New Zealand played well because I, I don't think they were even. F- full-time professionals. I think they, they were sort of, a lot of them were part-time. Yeah, semi-pro players. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So you came back from New Zealand then? Yeah, I came back uh, about a year after that. I had a couple of years out there. And, and, uh, it's, it's a good time, good place, I have to say. Really, yeah. really good place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lovely. Yeah, Never I haven't been. been... Back and I always want, would like to get back at some point. No, I haven't been myself. Yes, very nice place. Very enjoyable. Uh, I mean, um, let's bring it right up to date. Obviously, we're uh, we're not going to England games at the moment, which is a bit of a well, incredible shame. But uh, yeah. how how do you see things at the moment? The, the team wise, or, yeah. or also following England wise? I mean, the Both. team wise. I have to say, I'm, I'm still full of, full of optimism, and that sounds a really stupid thing to say after you know the Iceland and uh, and Denmark games. I honestly think Gareth just got the squad wrong. He just, you know, as soon as you saw there was no left back in the squad, uh, there were there were a few things that were just a bit disjointed, and uh, and I think all best you can say is, look, take four points, let's move on, um, yeah. and you know, hopefully we'll win the home games and we'll we'll get to the Nations League again. But I, you know, I, I think there's some some great great young players still coming through, um, and I think the future is pretty rosy for us. I, I in my lifetime, we will win. A major, a major tournament. We will at some point. Lord of Abbey just say we've got to, right? Yeah, no, I can see um, positivity there. Yeah, no. So no, I, I, and I, I like, I like Gareth. I think he's doing, I think he's doing a, a good job from from what he inherited. To be honest, I think, I think my my ultimate low point of following England all these years was was Sam Allardyce being put in charge of a national team, and I was like, really, is is this what we've come to? And I remember, I think it was Slovakia. I remember being out in Bratislava, and the opinion was was quite divided between the, the guys I go with. Some were like, "Oh no, it'll be a great appointment," and other people, "No, we ended up with Mike Bassett, football manager kind of thing." That was another um, late goal that day, wasn't it? Got a scruffy Lalana, uh, yeah. sort of off, his, off the back of his knee or something, wasn't it? I can't remember. But no, following England, like it's it's great. You know, we've 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 all got the stories to tell you, you know we've, we've kind of a loose collection bunch of bunch of brothers kind of thing who we come together for England away you meet some of lifelong friends you know you meet tremendous people see cities and countries that you only would you'd never go to you'd only dream of ever going to and and some turn out to be absolute gems you know and uh, and real treasured life life moments for me to be honest and you know Volgograd or you Minsk on a Tuesday night, you, you name it. You know, it's uh, it's not a cheap hobby, but it's a fantastic hobby, isn't it? Yeah, and it's it's one that pretty much you've described why we miss it all at the moment, isn't it? 
Yeah, it is. It is. I think just just before we, we started recording, I was saying to you, we, me and the guys, we, we we're trying to decide whether we're still going to go across to to Brussels, and even if you know, clearly the match is going to be behind closed doors, but kind of feel like we need our our fix this year. <laughs> yeah, go over there for a strawberry beer and watch the yeah, game in exactly. a bar. Yeah, exactly. Go on, get the old Eurostar, and uh, yeah, let's see see how that pans out. Yeah. Well, as I said, I've got a ticket for the Eurostar as well. I, I may well see you on there. <laughs> Sounds great, David. Let's uh, let's maybe talk again at some stage. Maybe you can uh, you can tell us about some previous journeys that you've been on. Uh, love to. Yeah, yeah. I'll see if we can get to, uh, get a few of the other guys uh, roped into it as well. And because uh, we when you end up sparking off one of them, one another, one one person remembers that uh, that thing that happened in wherever, and then you know it's yeah, yeah. So yeah, love to. Mate, let's do it. Five days later, New Zealand were the opposition again, but this time in the capital, Wellington. Now, you may know that Wellington is often referred to as Windy Wellington, simply because of its location at the foot of the North Island, situated on the Cook Strait. And on the day of this game, the wind was well in attendance, as John Motson mentions. Graham Taylor and Laurie McMenemy both well wrapped up against this wind. Now, I'm a sucker for research, so I've managed to buy the programme for these games from eBay. And it was played at a ground that is no longer there in the guise that it was back in 1991. And it appears that they only produced one programme to be sold at both venues, where it states that the fixtures were two years in the planning. And Graham Taylor mentions, I'm looking forward to playing four tour international matches in Australia and New Zealand and Malaysia and I know that the international football education of my players whether they are established stars or relatively new to the England scene will be furthered as a result. Taylor made five changes to the starting lineup that played in Auckland. He made Stuart Pearce captain for the first time. In fact I seem to remember some highlights from Grandstand at the time I'm showing my age now. Uh, I seem to remember my granddad being really proud as a Sheffield Wednesday fan that David Hurst had scored. So that first game between the two sides, as we mentioned with Dave Ward, was a game that saw debuts given to Earl Barrett, Mark Waters and Brian Dean. This time, it was Gary Charles who earned his first cap. And watching the highlights on YouTube, there seems to be a decent amount of English support. Highly likely to be expats, uh, but they could be heard singing and chanting in the footage. There's also a Bolton Union Jack flag behind one of the goals. And the goals in this game came from Captain Stuart Pearce and, as I mentioned, David Hurst. Now, we've spoken with a fan who was there. Now, let's talk to someone who played in both games. McGarry for New Zealand it's a good run he's gone between uh, Thomas and Pierce there Michael McGarry in fact he had to take them all on because no other New Zealand player was up in support 
They were all standing back admiring it, I think. I'd like to welcome to the Three Lions podcast, former New Zealand international, and in fact, someone who played in both of these games versus England. Please welcome Mike McGarry. Hello, Mike. Yeah, g'day. Great to be here. Yeah, bringing back some uh, pretty fond memories of um, quite a long time ago, obviously nearly 30 years. So um, thanks very much for inviting me on. No, you're, you're very welcome. Well, first of all, whereabouts are you in New Zealand? Uh, we're in Dunedin, uh, which is pretty much down uh, down the south of the South Island. Um, we're just coming into a bit of slightly better, better weather, so summer for us coming up soon. So, And unfortunately for you guys, going the other way. Yeah, yeah, winter's just or autumn's just starting to set in. Getting the uh, getting the woolly jumpers on now, and I may just even uh, I may just find some trousers rather than the shorts at some stage. Yeah, it reminds me actually of the day that we we played um, England and Wellington, which was a typical sort of wet and windy day. Um, yeah, it wasn't a wasn't one of the, the better sort of days weather wise, but it was fantastic for us in terms of getting another game against England after losing the first one in Auckland one 0 yeah, well, I mean, let's let's start with that first game because you played in in both of them, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, we played at Mount Smart in Auckland the first match. Um, after for us, really, just having um, three or four days uh, as a get together uh, before the big game, um, and to, to play England in our centennial matches was uh, was a, was you know pretty impressive, really, for us. We didn't get many. I think it was the first time. Uh, actually, that uh, New Zealand had played a full England squad, but so it was pretty exciting for us. So you, um, if I'm right in saying, were you you semi-professional at the time? Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, we played. Uh, most of our players were um, yeah semi-professional. Went back to I went back to my job as a secondary school teacher uh, the week after um, we played England. So yeah, big difference for us um, compared to the England players. Because you you're still a in involved in in school work, aren't you? Yeah, I'm still a secondary school teacher. Yeah, I, we did earn, you know, we did play uh, semi-professional football here, and we did have some uh, fully professional players in our squad, uh, but not many, not like the squad uh, that England and New Zealand are putting together. Hopefully, to play England in in, uh, in November this year. Yes, well, well, we'll talk briefly about that as we uh, as we go along. But back in in '91, when the fixture was announced. What what did you think? I mean, you must have seen the England team at maybe Italia ninety. What were your thoughts? Yeah, well, it was a bit of a dream come uh, come true for us, really. I mean, it was our it was our centennial over here, and I guess um, England did us a huge favour by full squad um, to play us in these two games. So for us, it was a real you know it was something we'd been looking forward to. Once we heard that the games were happening. Um, we were looking forward to getting out there on the same pitch as, as some of those household names that, uh, you know, your Gary Lineker's, um, who, you know, was a bit of a superstar at that stage, and um, and David Platt. So we were really looking forward to it. So that that first game, as you mentioned, was at Mount Smart in Auckland. Um, what what do you remember about that day? Oh, we just uh, we only had probably two. I think we had three or four days uh, leading into it where we got together as a squad um, and really just set out. You know, a style of play that we thought um, would give us a good, you know, possibly a good chance to to, to get a result. We knew it was, um, you know, a very good England side that was coming across, but it was the off season. Um, so we thought if we if we played well, um, we might have an opportunity to get a get a result in the game. So that was what we were focused on. Plus, we we're pretty excited to to actually get out there. It's going to be good. I mean, you, you held your own for for ninety what ninety four minutes, didn't you? 
Yeah, we did. Yeah, we thought we actually had done it. Um, and then um, in the, I think it was in the second or third minute of um, injury time at the end of the match, Gary Lineker did what Gary Lineker does and um, he got an opportunity to score and, and unfortunately for us, um, you know, he, he took the half chance and we went down 1-0. So, you know, despite losing, um, you know, we'd, we'd given a pretty good account of ourselves in the game and uh, we were pretty proud of the way that we'd gone. Yeah. Um, so then you had a, a quick turnaround and you, you just went down the country, went down to to Wellington, as you say. It uh, can be a bit windy there at times, can't it? <laughs> yeah, the old, it's the old athletic park, which um, isn't, doesn't exist anymore, but it... Um, yeah, it was it was a pretty wet and wild day, so um, it wasn't quite the conditions that we wanted to play the second match in. But uh, we, again, we were still after that first result. We were we were looking forward to to having another crack at uh, a Linicalis, um England side. He'd headed off on I think Spurs had some um, tour happening, um, pre-season tour happening somewhere else. So he headed off after the first match. Um, unfortunately, he should have headed off before the, <laughs> before the first one. <laughs> Uh, and we would have got the draw, but no, he headed off. So we were really looking forward to getting into it in that second match too. Yeah, so he, he was replaced by the likes of uh, Brian Dean and Ian Wright um, and David Hurst as well. Yeah. Um, but this was yeah. a game that that must you must dream about this game or or a very special yeah, or moment was. in it. Yeah, it was. We, um, you know, I'd had uh, Stuart Pearce. I was marking, well, he was marking me, and but I think I spent most of the time marking him and. <laughs> in the first game in, <laughs> in Auckland. So, yeah, to have another crack at those guys and, and maybe get a get a result. And then, uh, yeah, and the, and the nearly goal came up. So it was a bit unfortunate. Uh, if I hadn't hit it quite so well, it might have actually gone in at the far post. But uh, there's Walker, who was pretty quick, um, managed to get back after I'd gone around the keeper. So, yeah, disappointed at not scoring. But, um, yeah, it was just one of those moments in your career that you, you know. Um, Gary Charles. Oh, what a mistake he's made there. It's Michael McGarry for New Zealand. Surely he'll score. Well, was it behind the line? It was out by Des Walker. And McGarry fails with perhaps New Zealand's best chance, courtesy really of Gary Charles, who will be relieved that his Forest colleague got him out of jail there. If I didn't strike the ball quite so well, I went around the keeper, went round Wood um, and hit it near post. I think if I'd mishit it and gone far post, it would have been a goal in the end, so... But one of those things, look at, um, I'm not quite sure why um, the fullback, how he didn't see me um, yeah. in the position. Often, um, but, you know, I was grateful he gave me the ball. And, uh, yeah, bugger. One of those things. Well, yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're talking online here um, and we've both got the, the video going. You're wearing the shirt that, that you played in that day, aren't you? Yeah, it's a wee bit tighter than it uh, was 30 years ago. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, we played in in Auckland. We played in our white strips in England. We're in, in basically this colour here that I've got on, uh, and then we swapped round in Wellington. So maybe that's why the defender he might have uh, he might have had a wee lapse there and thought he was in um, in the other colour. But no, it was uh, it was just one of those moments that uh, you sort of dream about, and then it just didn't quite just didn't quite come off. Yeah. So you, you didn't swap your shirts with anyone. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got um, I've got Stuart Pierce's white and his and and this colour the uh, change trip, and I've also got David Platt's shirt as well. So yeah, so I managed to. Um, not quite sure why I ended up with uh, with the extra one, but um, 
I think I swapped Stuart Pierce's one with some for someone else's. So um, yeah, so I've got David Platt's shirt. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, too right. I mean, did did Stuart Pierce live up to his psycho nickname? Didn't have much to do with him. We did have uh, after the Auckland game. No, it was quite interesting. We we sort of um, we were heading out for a for a for a beer after the game because it was a whole week before we played our next one. And uh, we're waiting in the minibus downstairs at the hotel. We were in the same hotel as the England guys. Mm. Um, and um, three fellas come out of the and come out of the uh, um, the waiting room. And said, "Can we can we get a ride with you guys?" And uh, we said, "Oh, yeah, okay." So that was uh, we haven't got any seats, so you have to sit on the floor in the minibus. And that was Gary, that was Gary Lineker, uh, I think it was Dennis Wise, uh, and um, Mark Wright. No so they way. were the three guys. Yeah, they, they headed into town with us and, and had a few beers. Well, they were great. We had a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, they were good. They were pretty complimentary about how we'd gone and, and they were good blokes. Yeah. Okay. So they didn't express any sort of, um, I, I don't know how to put it. I mean, because it would have been the end of the English season um, and it's a yeah. hell of a long way to travel. They played Australia and obviously two games against yourself. Um, yeah. There was. Did they say anything about? That what they felt oh, about look, traveling. They were, oh, they! I think because it was our centennial, that's the reason that they came all that way. And um, and look, they yeah, it was certainly their off season. I don't think uh, I don't think they um, were going absolutely hard out uh, in, in all the games, but certainly wouldn't have wanted to lose to us either. So, um, but yeah, no, it was one of those things. And and you know, for them to come a long, long way, and it is a long way um, to play those two matches. We were yeah, we it was. Pretty impressive, actually. So, uh, and and then if the All Whites play this uh, time round, that'll be that. That's the third time only that New Zealand have played England in full international. So, pretty exciting time coming up. Yeah. So, what what do you think about this this game against uh, England at Wembley? What will it mean to the players who do play for it are selected? Well, the, yeah. Well, it's a completely different uh, setup in New Zealand now. I mean, we I played eighty um, odd games for for New Zealand over. Of course, for years, and I don't. I, the team just doesn't get together very often uh, now because they're all fully, full professionals all over the world playing their and you know playing their trade. So, to get a squad together is quite difficult. Um, and uh, so to get to get a game against England would be it would be the high, it would have to be the highlight of many of the players that are playing. It would be the highlight of their career, as it was for me. Um, you know, thirty years thirty years ago. So. They'll be really looking forward to it. Let's just hope that you know, fingers crossed, that everything works out well, and they can, you know, they can actually get out on the park and play. Uh, and that, I think again, um, you know, they'll give a good account of themselves. Yeah, well, it'd be really nice if if a crowd of some size could attend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be. Yeah, I mean, it's quite strange, isn't it, watching football at the moment with um, with no spectators, and and yes, they can have the background noise on, but it's not the same. Uh, and I'm sure it's not the same for the players either. Um, you know, there's nothing like the atmosphere of having a big crowd um, there watching you playing, and and the, and the banter that you hear from the side uh, is pretty important to the players too in the atmosphere. So, yeah, let's hope you know, cross fingers that things come right. Yeah, and I'm right in saying that that football runs in your family. Is it your son plays in Belgium? Uh, he was in Holland. He was at uh, Willem Twaes. Um, he's um, yeah. He's and he got his first cap for New Zealand last year. So, um, so yeah, he's um, yeah he's a he's a footballer, um, and so he's uh, yeah, yeah. capped by a, by the New Zealand side. What 
was there a chance? Do you think he could make the the Wembley game? Uh, just depends. I think it, it depends on whether or not um, you know the you know the um, they play go with the whole European based side or, or whatever. So yeah, look, it's in the lap of the gods. There's a lot of strength and depth in New Zealand football now. Um, you know more so than there has been probably ever. So um, yeah, look, we'll just wait and see what happens there, and um, who knows. Well, no, I wish, wish you all the best as, a, uh, as the McGarry family. That'd be a great thing to uh, put those shirts side to side. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, these days they like playing in the tight shirts, but we didn't back in those days. They were a bit more, uh, there was a bit more space to move in. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, who knows? Well, I wish wish you all the luck. And uh, yes, Mike McGarry, thank you very much for uh, for taking the time. I know there's obviously the time difference between England and New Zealand. So uh, thank you very much for joining us and, and just reminiscing about those games 30 years ago. No, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much for being Good on you. Thanks. Lovely. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you to Mike there for his time. I really enjoyed that. Perhaps I was being a little hasty in implying that the games weren't as worthwhile. Clearly, for the New Zealand players, as Mike alluded to, it was an amazing moment in time. And I'm sure if I was to ask the England players who went, I'm sure they'd have good things to say about it too. So perhaps my thoughts about the forthcoming game, having not so much value, are a little misplaced. Because the Kiwis who experience Wembley will have memories to tell their children, grandchildren, in years to come. And you never know, perhaps it will be a moment in time for a particular England player. First goal, first game, every England cap matters. Of course, the game is on Thursday the 12th of November, and it will be England's 1,000th and 7th international. Thank you, as always, for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. I've certainly enjoyed speaking with both Dave and Mike. Please do tell your friends about the podcast. And if you happen to be on the likes of iTunes, please do give it a review. It would be much appreciated. And you can get in touch on various social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just search Three Lions Podcast. Or you can email threelionspodcast at gmail.com. My name's Russell Osborne, and I hope you can join me for some future episodes about our England team. Cheers.